most valuable commodity I know of is information. Wouldn't you agree? I got five dollars. This is a run to the left. How many tackles can one man break? <laughs> You're saying that humans need fantasy to make life bearable. Humans need fantasy to be human. Ooh, my goodness, that was good. You guys are pros. The best. Relentless, refusing to give up. All right, hit that horn, babe. Let's dance. And welcome to the Fantasy Flex podcast presented by Prize Picks. I am your host, Chris Raybon, joined by my guy, Sean Kerner. And today we're going to go matchup by matchup through all of the games, talk about who we like for DFS, who we like for fantasy, get a little player prop action going. Sean, how's it going? Pretty good. I'm, I'm still recovering from that Dalton Schultz under 20 and a <laughs> half from yesterday. Apologize for that. But overall, feel pretty good. Shave the beard. It's it's a, it's a fresh week. I see. I'm learning from my mistakes last week. I, I think I had like a brutal week and I was only down like one or two units. So um, I, I feel like I'm going to bounce back this week. Feeling really good though. How about you? Yeah, I had a, a winning week if you take out the Bears-Browns game, which I went like 0-4. Oh, and oh yeah, if I could take that out too, that would be great. <laughs> I was like Justin Fields completely wrong <laughs> on. Uh, the, the game in general completely wrong. I had Peoples-Jones under uh, oh. that – uh, and also, yeah, I had too much KJ Osborne, Quintez Cephas. So, like, mm. there were some definitely some definite misses. Season started pretty good, so we're uh, we're on to week four. Let's start with the Thursday night matchup. The Bengals, seven and a half point favorites against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jamar Chase playing well. Uh, Sean, what's the prop for, for this one? So the prop is Jamar Chase over under 65 and a half receiving yards um and you know i would set this around 69 and a half if t higgins is out um and probably 58 and a half if t higgins is in so it kind of depends on whether or not he's playing and i think you said it's closer to 60 40 i i think it's probably 50 50 right now um so i think this is a pretty good number so if once we have a better idea of if Higgins is playing and this number is still up, I think that's when I'll move on it. But I, I think right now I'm I'm in line with this prop. Uh, yeah, I have Chase for like 75 yards. Uh, he's my wide receiver 10 this week. Do you <laughs> so have Higgins? You have like you and said. I have Higgins playing about yeah, like six uh 50% snaps actually 50%. Oh okay. Oh, okay. So yeah. I just have I just have Chase high. Um, he's been playing really well and he's been running like I don't think his. Like Higgins is going to affect him too much because Chase's routes per drop back 94, 91, 100 the last three weeks. So um, I, Tyler Boyd went up to 100% last week. I think he knocks down a little bit more if Higgins is back because he can, mm-hmm. you know, he Higgins would play in the two wide sets. But I think Jamar Chase is just, he's arrived. Like he's proven, you know, that his tough preseason and camp, whatever, was a fluke. Um, and he's, he's doing it when it counts. And he's going against the Jaguars. And I talked about this. You know, they, their cornerback situation is is bad. Now, last week, it kind of, instead of manifesting for Hopkins, it was for Kirk and for A.J. Green. But the point remains, like, this this team can't cover anyone. So And they uh, just traded yeah. away C.J. Henderson. So Yeah, who wasn't playing well, but it's still very weird to give up on a guy like that yeah. that soon for, like, a, a you know, I mean, we love Dan Arnold on this podcast, but let's be honest. Wait, he's, like, the 30th best tight end in the league. You know, what I mean? right. <laughs> like that was a head scratching trade, but just add it to the list of Urban Meyer's gaffes so far running his Jags team. 
DFS cheat code. I am going with Joe Mixon. Uh, I love Chase, but I think Mixon has that a little more of that floor, probably a little more ceiling because Jacksonville is a team that, I mean, we're in week four and they're seven and a half point underdogs to the Bengals. I'll put it that way. So, uh, and this is, and Thursday night favorites when it's like a touchdown or more, they're like over 60%. So this is not necessarily like a trap game or a, a game where you expect it to go too far off script, which means a ton of work from Mixon. Jacksonville is giving up the fourth most fantasy points per game to running backs. We saw James Conner get right against them last week. So the carries, uh, you know, percentage of the non-quarterback rush attempts, Joe Mixon over 90% for the Bengals. So he's my running back three this week. And I love him in uh, one game DFS. Yeah. So my initial projections, he's RB four right now. Um, and like you said that his rushing upside is just massive here. I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up getting 25 plus carries that the Bengals have been pretty run heavy this year to date. Um, the, the only slight concern I have with Mixon right now is we saw his routes run dip a little bit this week. It was down to, 47%. Um, now they, they controlled this game basically all the way through, but they did get rookie Chris Evans involved. I know we talked about him heading into the season. He could take over that Joe Bernard role as a pass catcher. So that, that might be a concern for Mixon's receiving usage long-term, but for this matchup, it doesn't matter. I mean, he could score two touchdowns here on the ground, put up over hundred yards. So I'm with you here. I think he's a smash spot play this week, um, but let's just, let's at least monitor his receiving usage going forward. Yeah, I mean, that that game got so out of hand for Pittsburgh, and they were saying Pittsburgh kind of gave up. It, it did look like they gave up. I, yeah, I yeah. mean, that last play when Ben Roethlisberger threw, like, Ugh. all right, here, here's a, here I got a question for you. What was your favorite stupid, like, one, like, zero-yard pass of the game? The Dolphins' the safety. Yeah, don't the Dolphins, okay, okay. Don't even go there. Obviously, it's that one. <laughs> no, because fourth and, <laughs> because at least the Dolphins, it was like, no, it was so bad. It was so bad, but – at least that was early in the game and they had like recovered and had a chance to win. Pittsburgh literally threw like a screen pass, but on fourth and 10 <laughs> with the game, essentially I, the game was going to be over. Do you blame, it was Najee Harris, right? Wide open, dropped it. Do you blame him for not going like, you know what? I'm not going to get destroyed again for my 15th catch. And he just dropped it. Like it looked like he was done taking the abuse and um, you know, it would have been nice to see him catch that, but I, I think he was just exhausted. He, they, they have to figure that out there. Um, so I think long-term that's probably the worst play, but the dolphins, the dolphin safety play takes the cake. I'm sorry. I mean, I was like, and it, everyone <laughs> looked mad on the play. So I wasn't sure who exactly to blame for it because Jacoby Brissett looked mad that he had to throw that, like that the play was called. Yeah. Waddle looked mad that he got the ball. Uh, the, co <laughs> the coaches looked mad that they just gave up a safety. So, like, whose fault was this? Like, who? I was who mad because I had plus three and a half. So, just <laughs> everybody was mad. Oh, yeah, I did too. <laughs> no, I think I had plus three. We had the under too. That I, I yeah. feel like that's where it all just went haywire. That was the play that did it. Yep. Cause that, that just, I mean, honestly, it was probably, the under probably wasn't going to hit regardless. Um, <laughs> the, yeah. the, the Dolphins ended up covering, which is what I did say. I was like, I, I hope I get it. Like, I should have a floor of hitting at least one of the two. Um, I thought they were both good bets, but, you know, Derek Carr just throwing for 380 plus every week. It's going to be hard to hit unders. <laughs> um, all right, let's go to the next game. The Washington football team against the Falcons. What's the prop for this one? 
let's go with something I think everybody would be interested in. That's, you know, what are we projecting for Kyle Pitts this week? Um, right now I have his receiving yards at 45 and a half. Are you over or under that? Kyle Pitts. Oh yeah. I'm right there. Right at 45. Nice. Okay. So yeah, about four catches on the, on the dot. Um, he's my tight end six. So, you know, but it hasn't been, we haven't really seen that blow up yet. And this is, you know, what we kind of talked about when people were drafting pits ahead of TJ Hawkinson, ahead of Mark Andrews is that, mm-hmm. you know, these guys are a little more established. There's a, I think there's a little better chance of them. You know, we're just kind of, it's all projection with pits. And so far that's what it's been. So, I mean, maybe this is the week Washington's defense hasn't been nearly as good as expected, but, and they did give up, you know, plays to Dawson Knox last week, but overall, I mean, I don't know. What is your outlook on pits? Is it just that we, we had too high of expectations or is something else going yeah, on? Maybe because I mean, we're still not doubting his talent, uh, but he only has a 14.4 target percent rate right now, uh, which is not good. And, you know, if they drafted him just to play him as, this, uh, you know, every typical tight end out there, that's probably not the way they should use him. I thought, especially this week with Russell Gage out, they can get creative, line them up outside, like move them around a little bit more, get them involved. And they just didn't. So I don't know if this is Arthur Smith's fault. And I, I, I don't expect you to have any Arthur Smith slander here, but I, I just feel like they're just not using him the way I thought they would. So he could still blow up. I mean, he's still, you know, arguably the most talented tight end we've ever seen who knows, but just right now, he's not really involved in the offense the way I thought he should be. And they're a little bit more run heavy. So there aren't as many passing yards or targets to go around. But just right now, it's not clicking for Pitts. So yeah, it's it's looked really good. It's looking really good right now, taking TJ Hawkinson over him. But I think by the end of the year, we're gonna see some massive game from Pitts. Who knows when that's gonna be, though? Oh, this is this is this is all the Arthur Smith slander. This has oh, to be okay. Arthur Smith land. I mean, listen, I love the guy in Tennessee, but I you have to go off what you see and you can't like football. There's only 16 now, 17 games a year. So you have to be able to like change your view in line with the amount of games we see. So, you know, now we've seen almost 20, like, you know, almost 20% of the season, like 15% of the season or so Matt Ryan attended air yards per pass attempt last season was eight and a half this year. It's 4.2. That's Arthur Smith. Like that's, yep. You're, that's the route trees. That's the, I know the line isn't good, but the line hasn't been good. And you're not, it's not been the worst line in the league. So to me, that's Arthur Smith. Cause it's not just Kyle Pitts. That's underperforming. Where's Calvin Ridley. Yeah. Calvin Ridley's averaging under 10 yards. Calvin Ridley's this year's Juju Smith Schuster. He's averaging like eight yards. Eight, eight yards catch. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> like, are you kidding me? So if, if I had a prop before the season started, which Falcons tight end will score the first touchdown this year? What odds do you think I would have set for Lee Smith? Oh man, like <laughs> what? Plus like twenty to one? Five hundred. Like well, I was gonna say five hundred to one, but yeah, oh, maybe twenty oh, to one geez. would have been more appropriate. Um, it couldn't have been Hayden Hurst either, could it? It had to be Lee Smith. So yeah. or Parker Hesse. Um, well, he was inactive this week. Yeah, but yeah, he's, he's played because you know, you know, you know, Arthur Smith loves those four. Keeps All four right. tight ends, more <laughs> tight ends active than than wide receivers yeah. half the time. So yeah, it's it's not good in Atlanta, is what I'm saying. Uh, I bet the Washington football team to rebound here. I got him as an underdog. They're a slight favorite now. I think I just in games where the Falcons are outmanned in the trenches, which they're going to be this week. It, it, it could get ugly. The floor is low. The ceiling is high because yeah. they have talent. The floor is low. 
Kyle Pitts, you're still starting him. There's nothing you can do about it. Um, I, again, I still have him as a top six tight end, but uh, it may not be pretty. Uh, who's your DFS cheat code? I'm going with Tyler Heineke right here. I think that, you know, he's he's been a little bit under the radar right now. He's posted the QB 14 score um, in these two starts against the Giants and football team. Although, you know, we probably shouldn't worry about quarterbacks facing the football team right now. This, this defense looks pretty average. Um, so maybe these two matchups weren't as tough as I'm giving him credit for. But either way, he gets a pretty easy matchup this week against the Falcons. You know, their defense ranks 30th in DVOA this year. I think that's pretty in line with what we thought heading into the season. And we really haven't seen him hit his ceiling um, in terms of his rushing upside. So I think he could put it all together this week. Um, there's a chance Curtis Samuel might return. So I just love the weapons around him. I think he has sneaky QB1 upside. So this is just a week that I think that I'm going to be pretty heavy on Heineke and DFS and even like as a potential streamer um, in season long league. So I, I kind of want to get on before he has a ceiling game. Yeah, he was he was in my top 10 in initial projections. Uh, have to kind of like have him down to 11 now. But he just because of his rushing upside and the yeah. matchup, it's it's looking pretty good for him in fantasy. You know, he's going to, he's a first, I think you pointed this out. He's a big first read guy. So I think the floor is low still because mm. he has that potential to throw like two, three picks any game, but it's also good for Terry McLaurin because Terry McLaurin is playing every snap and Heineke's going first read a lot. So I, I don't uh, mind if he, Hey, he can target Terry McLaurin all the game for all I care. That's a good guy to target, but also, you know, I think Fitzpatrick's going to be out for a long time and even when he does return, like I think Heineke could play fair enough to where, you know, he t- just takes over as starter. Do you think there's yeah. potential in that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, he really has to clean up some things because, again, yeah. Kurt Warner, I don't know if you've been watching the Kurt Warner uh, film breakdowns. They're really good. They're, they're, yeah, they're awesome. I yeah, saw so, the one on Daniel Jones and yep. Jason Garrett. Great oh, stuff. Oh, man. Yeah, that was that was amazing. Yeah. Just like how he's making it tough. Like Daniel Jones is not playing super smart, but Garrett's just making it really just the hard scheme. on Jones. Yeah, the scheme. Everyone's not really coming helping. back to the ball, never yep. hitting guys in stride. But uh, Heineke, his big issue is just they they have the plays are out there. The scheme is fine. He just locks into the first read a little too much. I think he'll get better at that. But um, you know that's kind of the only concern with him. But no, nah, I like I like him. I like Logan Thomas a lot this week. Uh, I think he's in a good spot. He's running over ninety percent of the routes again. Tight end as always. Yeah, as you know, that's what you need. So, and he got a touchdown <laughs> overturn uh, last week on a on a penalty. Ah. I think it was an ineligible man downfield or something, something silly like that. So, um, he, I think he's due for a big game. So, yeah, uh, let's go to the Lions and the Bears. And uh, I know where you're going with this one. What's, yes. what's the prompt? Have to. Um, well, we don't even know if he's going to start this week, but we have to figure out a Justin Fields projection, assuming he does start, because we were both. Pretty off on him, not going to lie. We, we both projected him over about 240 passing yards. The market was way down on him, around 204 yards, and even they were way too high. Uh, he ended with 68 yards. I mean, he got sacked, what, nine times? So how do we adjust for this, and, like, where do we project him? I'm just going to throw it out there. Um, I have it closer to 194 and a half, and I think I might be too high. But, you know, it is against a lion, so just where the hell are you on him right now? Uh, I, this is so tough because they only ran 42 plays. Yeah. Week. So, like, that's that's almost impossible to happen again. Uh, I have it around 200. So, you know, it's uh, it's not a confident projection, but I just 
you know, it was such an outlier, not just in the sack rate, but in the amount of plays they ran, which is somewhat correlated to that, that, you know, if you give them a normal, you know, 60 plays, 60, 60 plays or so, and which is still Mm -hmm. low, but um, he's going to get, he's going to get a lot higher and they're going to improve. They're going to protect him more um, this week. So I wouldn't be surprised if he has a bounce back game. It's still, it's still the lions, but right now this offense looks broken and it really hasn't mattered. Who's been at quarterback. They've averaged 11 points of offense over the three games. Uh, you know, one and a half essentially with Dalton and another one and a half with Fields. So uh, this, the I wouldn't be surprised if the Lions win this game. And but that actually might work in Fields' benefit from a because mm-hmm. uh, the Lions have the better quarterback at this point, <laughs> and they probably have the better sure. coaching staff. So <laughs> yeah, it's that's where I am it's, with him. It, I mean, it makes Darnell Mooney unplayable, which sucks because I was super high on him, not necessarily for last week, but just going forward but have to pump the brakes on him. I think he'll hit eventually, but just, you can't trust him. And then Allen Robinson, mm. like, I mean, can we even trust him this week? Uh, it's such a good matchup. You have to play Allen Robinson, but just, he's just a wide receiver three right now. Um, I have him as an in initial projections. I have Robinson wide receiver 41, Mooney 53. Uh, yeah, so. that's, and cause I Mooney's mean, running more routes, by the way. That's, that's that, the other thing. Mooney's right, running more routes than Mooney. Robinson. <laughs> yeah, but Oh man. So you're saying just, you can't even trust Allen Robinson right now either. I mean, I can't trust Justin Fields. I can't trust Matt Nagy. Right. Well, I can't trust, I can't trust anyone. It all goes hand in hand. <laughs> I just mean, if somebody has Allen Robinson right now and you have like Odell Beckham Jr. Beckham. You're playing Odell Beckham Jr. Oh, over Allen Robinson. Well, well, Odell Beckham's already like looked better than Allen Robinson this year. Maybe that was a bad example. How about Cole Beasley? Uh, what do I have? Cole Beasley as? I just think yeah, there's a lot. I have, of... I, have all, I have all three of those receivers <laughs> in the top thirty. There's a lot of guys that were being drafted way later yeah. than Allen Robinson it's that week four. we would probably play over Allen Robinson. That's all I'm getting at. Which yeah, is... no, it's week it's week four now. Sucks. We can't just be like we. Oh my god, I have Dawson Knox as a tight end nine this week. Woo! Uh, I'm looking at these Bills projections. Like Houston Texans defense is just like raising those up um but yeah no uh no like this is listen detroit's gonna have some issues at cornerback but this is this is a situation where if you can avoid it i think you avoid it you know and if you have if you're in dfs and the ownership the the, the roster ship if you're in dfs and the roster ship is gonna be low yeah maybe you take a shot on them even mooney because again lines don't have great cornerbacks but you're just talking about a floor in a season long fantasy league. There's no reason to go there after what we've seen, even just take out, you know, just fields alone, just these last one and a half weeks. Like it's been, it hasn't been good. So it's, it's pretty much, you're just risking a lot compared to some guys who are going to be out there with a quarterback who can function. Yep. That's really all it comes down to. Uh, And for that reason, for DFS, uh, I'm going with David Montgomery as the cheat code. Uh, he's getting over 80% of the, the non-quarterback runs. Remember, they only had a, a, a low amount of plays last week, so kept his salary down because he didn't really do much. But he's dominating the backfield uh, over Damian Williams. You know, that looks like it's going to continue. Last week, he, he ran around on 73% of the dropbacks. Williams is down to 17%. So over the last three weeks, Williams' routes run has gone from 44% to 24%. To 17 percent 
uh, Montgomery, 44%, 61%, 73%. So he was already getting all the carries. And now they're realizing that they can't really afford to take him out, period, because uh, he's one, he's, with Allen Robinson kind of rendered useless, <laughs> Montgomery is their offensive centerpiece. And again, this could turn around. It could just be Cleveland finally coming together on defense. We thought they would have a good defense, but I just don't think you can risk it with this Bears passing game right now. Fields, tournament play in DFS, sure. Again, say, you know, take advantage of these, these guys by low. That's how you got to think about it from that perspective. But season-long fantasy – uh, and kind of like a higher floor DFS guy. It's all about Montgomery. Uh, yeah, I think that's a, that's kind of a smart way to invest in a bounce back game by the Bears. Um, obviously, sprinkle in some Fields, Mooney, Fields, Allen Robinson stacks just to catch the market off guard. But yeah, Montgomery should dominate this game. Um, and you know the Lions they they played well, but you know they're still a bad defense. Twenty sixth against the run in DVOA. Mm-hmm. Um, they just cut Jamie Collins, Trey Flowers is questionable after missing last week. So th- this could be a blow-up game for Dave Montgomery. I think they they lean on him here to kind of, like, get back on track. Yeah, that's just the kind of game script the Lions are going to play. They're going to – because they're going to feed their running backs. They're going to feed Swift. They're mm-hmm. going to feed Williams. And it's just going to turn into one of those games. Like, I don't see them getting necessarily blown out a ton going forward. Uh, but, I, you know, they're, you know, they're still probably going to give up a lot of production, but it's just going to be those kind of, like, running back dominant games, I think, on both sides. So – yeah. Uh, let's go to the Titans and the Jets. What's our prop for this game? Well, of course, it's Derrick Henry rushing yards. Um, we're, we're back to seeing him with 100 plus rushing yard props. So all, all things are right with the world. Um, right now, it looks like it's 105 and a half. Um, are, are you going over that? Let's see, what do I have for Derrick Henry this week? And what's, by the way, just like a great bounce back spot from the Jets, even though I don't think I'm going to touch them um but like this is the spot where the jets would bounce back if they did bounce back if they don't bounce back here uh <laughs> it would be a problem uh you said 105 and a half the 105 and a half that's, that's the line of price picks, picks. right yep yep uh i have it at about 107 so right right in line with it um and but i also i think an interesting one just what do you have him projected for receiving i have him at like two and a half catches for 20 yards so his, his receiving usage has been going up yeah i was gonna note that his receiving usage is going up um, he's never been a bad receiver. They just don't use him that way. And yeah, we're, we're approaching 50% routes run rate um, and 23 and a half target rate. Yeah. He could be, <laughs> imagine if Derek Henry starts averaging over three catches, Yeah, which is what his underlying usage would dictate right now. Um, so that's going to be scary. Then, then he's going to, and Christian McCaffrey's out. Like he's the RB one right now, in he's my opinion. Guy. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's a jamming. So, he's a jamming. But I'm projecting him 108 yards here as well. So we're right in line there. But I, I don't. I'm hammering this over. Just this. This is a spot where AJ Brown. So this is also my cheat code. Let me just talk about my cheat code here. Mm-hmm. Um, AJ Brown. It looks like he's week to week. So I'm assuming he misses this week. Julio Jones is banged up. Anthony Ferkser doesn't matter, but he's still banged up too. So I think they just lean on Derrick Henry here. I think they'll be able to beat the Jets. By leaning on Derrick Henry, and we have seen, um, dating back to last year, um, in Titans wins, he's averaged 144 yards per game. He's gone over this number 10 times in 13 wins. And in their losses, you know, he averages 84 rushing yards a game. Um, He's only gone over this number once in their six losses the past two seasons. So it's when it comes to projecting Derrick Henry, if there's going to be a positive game script, you kind of have to ramp it up a bit more. 
So that's why I'm just crushing the over here. And I think this is a game where I would not be surprised if he gets over 30 carries here. They just kind of let A.J. Brown, Julio Jones, everybody kind of rest up, put it all on Derrick Henry here, um, and then hopefully get all the receivers back next week. So that's why I think this is a blow-up spot for Derrick Henry. Real quick, I got to ask you about, uh, you know, people may be thinking of picking up like a guy like Westbrook Akina. Any, Any interest in him? I know you mentioned him on the pod yesterday. So just quickly your thoughts on him and Julio Jones. Julio Jones' situation is kind of bizarre. I don't think he was hurt. I think he got benched. So yeah. the question is why? I think like they're saying, like Vrabel's saying it was just manage his reps. So that that could be a blow-up spot for him this week, you know? Because like once, you know, with Brown injured, it's like, it, but I'm just curious to see your thoughts on like any of those guys. The Julio situation is interesting. We're going to have to monitor that, obviously. Westbrook could be interesting. He ran 80% of the routes last week. Chester Rogers is also a guy that might be, Interesting, but then then we're kind of going into the weeds here, and mm-hmm. this could just be a Derrick Henry game. When you play a guy like Westbrook or Rodgers, you kind of need the Jets to put up some points um, to kind of force Tannehill into you know throwing the ball over for 30 times. So I just don't know if we're going to have that volume. Um, unless, unless you do think the Jets could score over 20 points here, I, I'm not as confident as you in a potential bounce back. So that's definitely a reason I urge caution on these ancillary receivers is just, it could be either Rogers or Westbrook and either one, it's hard to get excited over either. Similarly to how you see Miami kind of put up a decent game offensively coming off the shutout. It's just a really good spot that you tend to see, to, you know, just human nature, you get shut out, you get embarrassed. Uh, you're going to come extra. And the Jets have played, you know, you played a Belichick defense. They played the Broncos and they played a Panthers defense, which is looking, remember I said this after week one, like they're going to be a lot better than people think and they're near the mm-hmm. top of the leaderboard. So, but teams coming off a game where they scored uh, less than 10 points are, are 62% against the spread the next week. Um, you know, teams that uh, coming off a, a, a 20 to 20 plus point blowout are 68% against the spread. So you look at the spread the spread is seven and a half and you say, there's a good chance that the jets actually keep it closer than that. In this yeah, game. and right. And, you know, Zach Wilson had to go up against Bill Belichick and then Vic Fangio, mm-hmm. like two really good defensive minded coaches. So, yeah, this week he could uh, he's going to have a big game this year at some point. So it could be this week. Another note about the Titans ancillary receivers and we can move on is I think we might see Josh Reynolds active this week. So he could enter the mix. Um, you know, he's kind of banged up heading into the season. So he's been inactive. So maybe now that A.J. Brown's potentially out, Julio Jones, we don't know what's going on there. We could see Josh Reynolds enter the fold too. Just making this murky and and why I'm not really targeting any of these guys right now is because it's just difficult to project right now. I think it's a smash spot for Julio. Julio is going to go off. I would love to see that. It's going to happen. Like He had a bad week one and then he goes off against Seattle. And then last week, Brown gets hurt. They're like, okay, we can't lose both of these guys. We were going to win this game against the Colts. Like this is a, it's good. It should be a Henry game. But if anyone, this, Julio's the guy. You, you have to play Julio yeah. this week if he's if he's healthy. And I think he'll probably banged up. I don't think he got like bench benched, and but they were just trying to preserve him. So let's go to the Browns and the Vikings. This should be a good game. You have Stefanski revenge game. You have Odell yes. Beckham back. You have Cousins playing well. You have Mayfield playing well. What's the prop for this game? Let's go with an Odell Beckham prop. Looked really good last week. Uh, all of his underlying usage was solid. So I, I kind of want to hear where you're projecting him this week. But I have his prop at 53 and a half yards right now. Yeah, I'm about 58 now. So I'm about a, about a five mm-hmm. yards higher. Um, I have about four catches. 
in this game. My wide receiver 26 in initial projections, 85% of the route. So exactly the same as last week is what I'm projecting. Uh, but he could run more than that. I mean, to get to yeah. get 80, 85%, I know that it was a low volume game overall in the past game, but uh, yeah, like you said, look good. And uh, I'm already at the point where I'm playing Beckham over these guys that we just don't know if we can trust, like an Allen Robinson and guys like that. So uh, remember, Odell Beckham, when he's healthy, is one of the best receivers in the league. He, you know how you know he's healthy? They also gave him a run play last week. And that they've been doing that a lot uh, more. Yeah. Stefanski, Stefanski, they've been doing that a little more than they under the previous, you know, Freddie Kitchens and whatnot and in New York. So I uh, have Beckham projected for, you know, four or five rushing yards. Uh, he could always throw a pass. Remember, they've done yeah. that with him. So that won't uh, impact. This that won't impact this market, but he could have a big game. And this this could be a sneaky shootout. Well, not sneaky. The the total's fifty three. That's got to be one of the highest of the week, right? Um, this was this was a Casey game. Silly. You know, Action Network. We track bet signals. Um, if if you if you have our you know Bet Labs, um, subscription or whatever, and it kind of looks at like the sharps and what they're betting, and like there was a steam move on the over like 52 in this game and those steam moves by you know whoever whatever group or better uh is 17 and 5 this you know that we've nice. tracked so like there's a lot of sharp action behind this game going over even though these are two of the more slow-paced teams their offenses are both just really efficient and very good to be frank you know they're good offenses so and they can both run the ball they're not going to get behind the the sticks even if the vikes don't have cooks so I mean, this could be this could be a like seven catch, one hundred ten yard game for Beckham if it if it shoots out. Absolutely, so, love it. Who's your who's your cheat code here? That uh, like this might be a game I'm interested in stacking now. But who's who's your cheat code? You know, it's I I, I want to go Beckham, but since we talked about him already, I'm just I'm going to go back to Justin Jefferson. I still think Justin Jefferson's too cheap uh, in TFS. He's my wide receiver four this week. Um, uh, the Browns have been struggling, you know, Denzel Ward hasn't been having that much success last week. They, you know, they get bailed out by just a bad game by the quarterback, but, um, I love Jefferson. I, I think Thielen could, you could make a case for Jefferson Thielen or Beckham in this game, but I think it's one of those three receivers. Obviously it's Madison again, if cook is out, but yeah. I just think that the past games may be a little overlooked because, you know, both of these teams, you think, you know, they like to run the ball too, uh, but I have Jefferson and Thielen both in my top 10 right now. Uh, I have Jefferson yeah. projected for almost 90 yards receiving uh, and, and over six catches. So Justin Jefferson going, going with him for this week. But love Beckham as well. Uh, just the floor is a little bit lower. Yeah, Beckham. you could have a Cousins, Jefferson, Thielen stack and send yeah. it back with Odell and just hope for a shootout. Um, and like I said, at this point, I'm essentially just giving Thielen a touchdown every week. <laughs> Um, uh, but I, Justin Jefferson, he's due for some positive touchdown aggression. Uh, Thielen touchdown looked like both Jefferson and Thielen were wide open. Yeah. Um, and Cousins just picked Thielen. But, I, I mean, Jefferson's just going to go off. And just – it's nice seeing Cousins break out. I mean, how can you not by having Jefferson and Thielen? But I think just having the third receiver in this offense, we talk about him every week now, KJ Osborne, I think it's helped open things up a bit. Um, so th this is a passing offense I'm okay investing in and you know it runs through both Thielen and Jefferson so uh, love the idea of like a triple stack here and remember we're getting cousins at, at one eastern 20 and 9 against the spread as a 1 p.m eastern underdog so wow. you're probably going to get an even better cousins performance than we've gotten <laughs> remember they started slow against Seattle they were down 17-7 like midway through the second quarter and they scored the last 23 points of the game 
did Minnesota. So interesting. Yeah, uh, I, I just rewatched that one, but uh, the offense looked good. And you know, something interesting. Uh, again, I love to read the beat reports and just kind of see what the narratives are coming out of each city after each game. It's it's interesting to see what the coaches are saying, what the you know what, what mm-hmm. people are thinking. Justin Jefferson caught like what was it seven balls in that game, or or, or I know he got over a hundred yards, six or seven balls. Oh, oh no, yeah, nine catches for nine. Yeah, nine. He got nine catches yeah. in that game, and and the beat writers are like you know. It was great that they won their first game. They still could be getting more touches to Justin Jefferson. And I'm like, I, okay. I agree. <laughs> like, I agree. You He's know? too good. Yeah. So he does. He still, I mean, that was, you know, Trey Flowers, Justin, he was going to do some damage. But, yeah, there's still a spot for him. But, yeah, just we're just playing all these guys on, on Minnesota at this point. Um, you know, even even Osborne, I think, is, back, is still a tournament play. Um, Conklin, like, you're going to – you might get three guys a week receiving wise for Minnesota, mm-hmm. especially in, in high total games like this. Uh, let's go to coach dolphins, which is not a high total game. <laughs> What's our prop for this one? Uh, let's go with Michael Pittman. Total receiving yards for Michael Pittman. And I, I you were high on him last year. We kind of cooled off and now he, he's starting to break out. Like he's looked really good seeing a massive target share. Um, so where do you have him? I, He's a tough projection, especially going up against the Dolphins. Um, but I have him at 50 and a half right now. Yeah, I'm about 55. Uh, no, 52 and a half. So uh, right in line, uh, four and a half, about a little under four and a half catches. Uh, my wide receiver, 38, but I have him playing pretty much every snap. Oh. It's just hard to break out when your quarterback is broken. Yes. So, so you have him wide receiver, 38. So he is on that sit-start cusp. Yeah, he's on that cusp only because – you know, he's still, it's, it's really the touchdowns aren't there for Car- like Carson Wentz and just a low scoring total. Like what's the, the Colts implied total is, uh, Oh, it's gotta 20 be and a half, like 20 and a half, 42 or something. Right. Yeah. No, the, the Colts, uh, I mean, are 20 and a half. Like they're, oh, Miami's yeah, they're a two point favorite. The total's 43. So I only have Pittman with around like 0.2 touchdowns. You know, he's always been a low touchdown guy. So he's still factoring in some of that from last year with the touchdowns per route run. I think he had like what one touchdown all of last year. So, Which and he got overthrown in the red zone by, by Wentz in this one. He got, yeah. could have had one, but that's the point. He's not getting them because the quarterback hasn't been good. And he wasn't getting them last year for whatever reason he should have been. Cause T Y Hilton's not a big touchdown guy. So um, that's kind of what's knocking his, him into that questionable territory is just, he has a lower touchdown projection than most guys I'd project for like, you know, 50, 55 yards. I mean, he would be, a good red zone target. I mean, six, four, twenty. you know, I, I think he's due for some positive touchdown regression, but yeah, I, I'm with you there. He it's, he's tough this week, but I think going forward in better matchups, I think he's kind of proven to be a wide receiver three, even despite Carson Wentz playing like shit, he, he's just getting such a high target share, even though, you know, Zach Pascal's sort of getting the touchdowns. Yep. Um, he, he's really dominating these targets. So I think going forward, uh, I'm pretty high on him, but yeah, probably sit him this week. Yeah, I mean, he's a flex play, like I, you know, or even a low end wide receiver three play, because, you know, the difference between a wide receiver 34 and a wide receiver 38 isn't massive. So, yeah. where you're saying, oh, I need to bench him. But on average, yeah, he's still, he's not there yet. He needs, he needs to actually show he can catch touchdowns from this disastrous yeah. situation <laughs> to like bump up into that wide receiver, you know, 30, 28, 25 range, um, which he would be if he just had like a normal league average touchdown rate. But I have him below mm-hmm. that. Um, so that that's what's kind of fair enough uh okay for the chico who you got i'm going with jonathan taylor here 
Um, I'm actually projecting this total to be closer to like 39. I, I think this is going to be a low <laughs> no, scoring we're not, game. No, we're not doing this again with the Dolphins. Nah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. you, you were, it's, it's yeah, game. remember I said last week I had that um, that Broncos total down like to 38 and a half. I wasn't oh, messing yeah. around. So I was, was... I was with you with your bet on uh, convince me. Like uh, there are certain games where I just I, – I really think that it's going to be a low-scoring game. This is one of them. Both teams are going to play keep away, you know, run – a bit more here. Um, you know, Quentin Nelson looks like he's going to be out for some time. So I think, you know, the market's probably going to be off Jonathan Taylor this week. Although Nelson does hurt his value, you know, all that matters for running backs is volume. Um, so that's why I'm still investing in Taylor here. Uh, he's due for some positive touchdown regression uh, as well. He has six carries inside the five yard line, zero touchdowns. You know, they're already, they're talking about trading away Marlon Mack. That's why he was inactive last week. So they're yep. pretty clearly, um, just making this a two-way committee now. Um, so I, I just think this is a spot where the, the market's going to overlook Taylor and I'm going to be all over him. Shouts out to uh, convince me. Be sure to check that out uh, at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific on Sunday mornings. Simon Hunter, Sean, and I give our top uh, prop side in total. And I believe, Sean, you and I haven't missed on a side in total yet through three weeks, right? No, I lost the under on that uh, Niners-Packer game. Oh, okay. Okay. So that, that 14 point uh, last minute in the first half, I think it was, there, there was some brutal sequence of events for uh, uh, the under was looking really good until like a one minute turn of events. So yep. My first loss. Yeah. Well, oh, either way we're doing pretty good. Uh, I, I haven't lost a side of total yet. I haven't hit a prop, I, but that's because I bet Tannehill twice. <laughs> yeah, so just... don't mind that. <laughs> I went 16 and one on props last year. Done convinced me. So I've already nice. lost three. I've already tripled my losses. How many and, of those are Peyton Barber under three and a half yards though? Nah, you, you, that's Friedman. That was Friedman. That, I'm more. <laughs> I'm more like a Jeremy McNichols under like eleven and a half. That's like oh, I think yeah, a, little, a little more civilized. <laughs> but uh, no, no, it's a good show. Check it out if you're into that stuff. Uh, again, on the Action Network HQ Twitter handle Sundays 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific. Let's go to the. Next game, which is the Panthers against the Cowboys. Uh, what's our prop for this one? Christian McCaffrey out, obviously. So the the most popular player in fantasy football this week, Chuba Hubbard. Is it Chuba Hubbard? Chuba. I've heard it pronounced different. I've heard Chuba. I, Chuba Hubbard. Total rushing and receiving yards. So total scrimmage yards. Over under 72 and a half. Uh, I have him out about 85, 84, 85. So yeah, hmm. over. Um, I have him. I mean, how many touches do you have? I'm about 19 touches. That's pretty high. I have 15 carries and three receptions. So yeah, I, I, I'm right there. Okay. Um, yeah, I have 15, maybe, five, uh, 15, five and three, six or something like, yeah. Yeah. So I just have a, a half a carry more and a half a reception more. I, yeah. I docked off several yards for, for the medium projection, but we're, we're not too far off is the, the conclusion here. And where, where do you have him ranked? I have him RB 15 right now. Uh, RB nine. RB9, wow. RB9. Uh, yeah. No concerns about Royce Freeman. I have Freeman, I have Chuba Hubbard getting 66%, Freeman 33. So I have him like what a normal, you know, when you don't really know what's going on with the, with the exact <laughs> backfield share and you just give the starter to, you know, a two to one share. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's projected, projects well. It's a, it's going to be a higher scoring game. Remember, the Panthers played the Jets. They, had, they, they scored 19 points and won that game by more than a field goal. They played the Houston Texans. They scored 24 points and won that game by two possessions. And in between that, who did they play? I'm, I'm forgetting one. Who did they play in the – oh, they played the Saints, and the Saints put up seven points of, of offense. Yeah. 
So we haven't seen the Panthers play a Dak Prescott, Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, Ezekiel Elliott. We haven't seen them play an offense like that. So, you know, we could see them in a situation where, you know, I think the passing game will be up. I think this could be a week where even though, you know, Hubbard is not no McCaffrey, like you could see, you know, four or five, six catches out of him, but you, you could just see a, a higher scoring game, period. So, yeah. And Dallas, yeah, that's, they're not great on defense. You know, they're, they're well, better than they were last year, but they're not great. That's that's my only concern. We kind of touched on it. I think it was yesterday. But, um, you know, the, the thing with Mike Davis last year, he had literally nobody behind him. He, had, he was splitting touches with Trenton Cannon um, and Rodney Smith for a brief period of time. So he just – he dominated everything. Where Royce Freeman, if there's anywhere I'm worried about, is cutting into Hubbard's receiving share – I think you mentioned it. Uh, doesn't Hubbard he, Hubbard has four drops going in his back career? Yeah, like three in the preseason, preseason and another one this is in the red. So that's just my concern. Obviously, you know that that could be blown away this week. I agree, he could end up getting four to five catches, but just right now, I'm projecting him at uh, 55% route share and uh, Freeman at 25. So just a potential negative game script like that. That's my only concern. But at the end of the day, he's RB 15. It doesn't matter. You're firing him up. But just that's the only th- difference between he and Mike Davis from last year is he does have some potential competition, whereas Mike Davis really didn't. Yeah. And, I mean, I have free, uh, I have met the same. I have 55, 27 and a half for, for those two in terms of routes. Um, but I think okay. it's probably also I'm the Cowboys are coming up as a pretty good matchup for backs catching the ball um, just because they, again, they have more of an offense to where we saw, you know, guy like Boston Scott get in the game late yesterday and catch some pass. Kenneth Gainwell, like you could have a situation. The Panthers are five point underdogs. This could be the first time we've seen them trail. Dallas has given up 26 catches to running backs in three games, the third most in the national football league. So that that's, I think that's why it's like his routes run are just giving him more upside. Um, and again, yeah, still have two, and he ran 51% routes last week to Freeman's yeah. 14. So yeah, that, we're actually good. being conservative <laughs> by giving him like half. Yeah, I know his underlying usage was good in that, um, cleanup time. Um, uh, but yeah, it, I'm just saying we need to watch out for that. And, you know, Dan Arnold, it, even though it's not that big of a deal, he's being traded away. That could be an extra target or two for the, the running back, um, as a security blanket check down option. So that's another thing. Um, when it comes to projecting the Panthers right now and why I'm like, I already talked about it yesterday, but I'm super high on Terrace Marshall yep. um, going forward with CMC out and now Dan Arnold gone. I think it's going to really open up targets for uh, Marshall going forward. And Tommy Tremble. Oh God. We're no, no, we're done talking <laughs> about tight ends on the, <laughs> on the Panthers. All right. All right. All right. All right. Let's go to uh, my cheat code's Chuba. Who's your cheat code? Yeah. yeah. It's Chuba, but we don't, we don't need to discuss okay. this. We just discussed it. He's, he's a top 10 running back for me. He's cheap in DFS or cheap enough. Um, he's yeah. almost certainly going to be in my cash lineups this week. Uh, Giant Saints. What's the prop? Uh, so I love this prop. Prize picks already has it up. Um, and it's really hard to argue with it, but it's Jameis Winston's passing yards. It's a pathetically low 175 and a half. You know, Jameis Winston has thrown for 378 total yards on the season, whereas Derek Carr has pretty much passed that up in every single game this year. It's just so bizarre seeing Jameis Winston being projected this low, but I'm not touching this one. Are, are you? I mean, you just threw it out there, so I have to I have to touch it. <laughs> well, well, I mean, so I'm projecting this at 200, and okay. I am not taking the over or under here, like, 
just it's impossible to project he or the saints right now so i'm just staying away is basically my conclusion here okay so Taysom hill had three games with at least 232 passing yards in his four starts the only one he didn't was that denver game where he didn't need to throw at 78 yards on 16 attempts yeah we don't count so, the Kendall hitting game so so would Taysom hill have more passing yards than Jameis right now <laughs> well he had Michael Thomas during that stretch, no? Yeah, he did. He did. I think that's I think so. the – and I was kind of worried about this heading into the season and why I thought they should start Taysom Hill because they just don't have the option or, you know, the weapons in the passing game. So just, you know, why not have uh, Taysom Hill offense to start the season? So um, it's been really bizarre. I think eventually Winston's going to break out for a 200-plus yard game, but it might not be this week. Yeah, I'm at 207 and a half uh, in my initial projections. I mean, again, 175, that's that's like just Justin Fields' number was, what, 205 last week? <laughs> so just to, yeah, just to yeah, kind yeah. of put that in perspective, we were wrong on Justin Fields. That's, we perfectly admit that. Yes. But just to give you an idea of like how far we've come with these models to where Jameis Winston is now 30 yards below Justin Fields, that, that, like I'd lean over um, just on principle – yeah, this uh, is now. like this. Yeah, and Taysom Hill's really not playing as much as I thought he would. Um, so when he's playing pretty, yeah, that was like, yeah, I mean, he's taking Taysom the, Hill the ran like 42% stuff. of the routes last week and had like is getting like, yeah, back so, so that's why this this line <laughs> is basically Winston's playing the whole game. This is sort of like goes back to Sam Darnold back when the Patriots were the number one defense. I think that was like 2019. Um, this is like Sam Darnold at New England kind of projection here. Like that's how low yeah. this territory is. So there probably is value on the over, but I just cannot go there until I see some signs of life here. I mean, the Giants gave up 264 and two touchdowns to Bridgewater, 336, two touchdowns, a pick to Heineke. And then, of course, Matt Ryan would get the lowest, 243 and two touchdowns. Of course. Uh so yeah, Arthur Smith slander and uh, but you know Winston, I, I would guess he ends up in the low two hundreds. That's just that this is where I'm yeah. projected. You, it's hard to, I mean, one seventy five. I don't. I would love to see like the pass attempt projection for that. And like you know what I mean. It's just that's yeah. a ridiculously low number. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I, I I would have to go over that. Who's your cheat code for Giant Saints? Should be kind of an ugly game that people aren't really looking at. That's my point here is probably stay away from this game. Obviously, you can never go wrong with Alvin Kamara here. Um, and we really don't know who's suiting up uh, for the Giants in their passing game. You know, Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton are banged up. So it's really hard to cap this game. But, you know, I'm going to get ugly here. I'm going to say Marquez Callaway. For some of the reasons that I was saying is, you know, Jameis Winston's due to have a 200-plus yard passing game, and that's really been that, – that's what's been setting back players like Callaway or these tight ends. There just hasn't been the target to yards to go around. So, you know, if Jameis breaks out for a 250-yard game here, you know, a guy like Callaway is going to be a GPP winner, I think. Um, so while I'm not playing too much um, Callaway here, I think he's worth a dart throw – even some of the guys like, um, you know, Kenny Stills and like the Millie Maker or something like that, uh, they're worth flyers just because everyone's going to be overlooking this passing offense, and I don't blame them. But, you know, we're due for a big game from Jameis at some point. I don't know if it's this week, but I just kind of like to take flyers um, just in case in, in spots like this. Ron Armstead is going to be out. It could be a it could oh, be a It's going to be brutal. Oh, yeah. real quick, though, what, what's your routes run projection for Callaway? Because he, he did see a bit of a dip last week. 
Um, is that just noise or do you have him back over 80% going into this week? I have so his average for the season is about 80%. That's what I have him at now. Um, his mm-hmm. median is 88%. So, you know, I could bump him up a little either way. I don't think you're starting him this week, like in normal. Oh yeah. No, do not fantasy. play him in season long. Yeah. Sorry. I should have been more clear. This is only a GPP flyer. Uh, but yeah, do not start him in season long formats at all this week. Yeah. But I have, I'm around 80. Um, you know, and, and number one receivers, usually you're going to get closer to 90, 95. Uh, and his median is 88. So I might bump him up a little, but either way, he's going to be like, he's not passing like wide receiver 60 for me. So yeah. Uh, and uh, Alvin Kamara is the number one wide receiver in this offense. Let's be real. Yeah, and Taysom Hill is the number two. Yeah. Yeah. Taysom Hill's number two. That's and Juwan Johnson is number three. That's the, the, <laughs> State of the Saints passing offense right now. Yeah, I think the more I think about it, yeah, this might just be a Kamara, Barkley, Daniel Jones. Like, that might be the only I – I might just go straight rushing. But, oh, no, you can't even go Barkley because New Orleans is it a really good rush defense. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, preview to our prize pick segment, but um, I, I am fading Barkley here. All right, now it's time for a segment we call Elite Entries where Sean and I compare our projections to the prize picks – app to build some entries and this week we've got a special offer Uh, we're going to give out our two favorite plays each and if you tail our special four pick power entry you can win 20 times your entry fee here's how it works you have to tail it in time to get the same numbers uh so essentially you want to bet this right when you hear the pod and if you can get it at the same lines uh you'll be eligible for the boost the payout will show up uh, as like a normal payout on the app, but your bonus will be paid out in promo funds within 24 hours. So again, if you build the same four pick power entry we had and uh, you get it in quick before the lines move, uh, you can win 20 X uh, your entry if it hits. So uh, Sean, who is your first prize picks elite entry? We're going all running backs this week uh, for this show. Uh, who's your first uh, pick? Well, let's start off with the best running back in football right now, and that's Derrick Henry to go over 105 and a half rushing yards. I mean, gone are the days from week two when we can get his prop at 84 and a half. Um, that, that was an easy win, but, you know, we're back to seeing over 100 rushing yards from him. That's pretty standard. But this is, this is going to be a game at the Jets where, you know, I think the Titans are going to win, give him a positive game script. And going back to last year, We've seen him average 104, 144 rushing yards per game in their wins um, and then 84 rushing yards in their losses. So th- this is just a smash spot for Henry. You know, it looks like A.J. Brown's going to be out. Julio Jones is banged up in the doghouse. We don't know. I just think they're going to lean on Henry here, possibly give him 30-plus carries. So I'm just smashing the over here at 105 and a half. Yeah, Henry's back is just a kind of an outlier week one for the Titans. But uh, this is a game where, uh, as you said, they just don't have many options at this point with A.J. Brown out, Ferkshire still banged up. Uh, For my first prize picks elite entry at running back for week number four, I'm going with the Thursday night game. I'm going Joe Mixon over 83 and a half rushing yards. He's averaging 95 rushing yards per game this season. He's been at 90 plus in two of his three games. And this Jacksonville defense, first of all, they're not very good at stopping the run. 
you know, they've already given up 284 yards on the ground and four touchdowns. And also you're just going to get a good game script for Cincinnati uh, as a seven and a half point favorite. So like Joe Mixon over 83 and a half uh, rushing yards, I have him projected for 90. Who is your second prize pick uh, lead entry at running back for week four, Sean? Uh, let's go with Najee Harris under 63 and a half rushing yards. I'm going to keep taking this until they lower it into the fifties where it should be. Um, you know, I mentioned it last week that it's not Harris's fault. This, this offensive line is brutal. They're not giving him any running lanes. So I would not be surprised if they start, you know, incorporating the passing game and lo and behold, he had a 14 catch game. So I think they're going to stick with that. Honestly, like dumping it off to him is probably better than just having a run up the middle for zero yards because Again, it's not his fault. This is the offensive line. He's still a talented back, but 63 and a half is just way too high. I'm projecting this closer to 53, and even that might be too high. So, um, you know, I would take this down to 56 and a half, 57 and a half. So love the under here at 63 and a half. Yeah, last week we were fading both Harris's, and uh, that worked out well uh, on prize picks. So I like going back to the well here. We just haven't seen anything from this Pittsburgh offensive line yet. And uh, for my second Running back prize pick a lead entry for week four. I'm going to take a page out of last week when we faded the Harris's. And I'm going to go with Saquon Barkley under 60 and a half rushing yards. Why? Because he's facing the New Orleans Saints, who have been one of the top run defenses in the league for probably three, three years and counting now. Uh, just only the Bucks, I think, have been better. Uh, the Saints have allowed just 145 yards to running backs in three games. So they're allowing under 50 yards per game to running backs. You still have Saquon Barkley with a below average offensive line. Damian Harris, six carries, 14 yards last week uh, against this defense. Even Christian McCaffrey on 24 carries only got to 72 yards. So they're allowing uh, under three yards a carry on the season Other the New Orleans Saints. Uh, I think Saquon Barkley, yes, he's back. Yes, he's in good shape. Yes, he's getting a higher workload. No, he's not going to go over 60 yards this week against the Saints. So that is our prize picks, elite entry for running backs for week four. To recap, Sean going Derrick Henry over 105 and a half rushing yards and Najee Harris under 63 and a half rushing yards. I'm going Joe Mixon over 83 and a half rushing yards and Saquon Barkley under 60 and a half rushing yards. As a reminder, you lock in this four pick power entry uh, at these lines, you can win 20X. So be sure to do that. And check out prizepicks.com or download the prize picks app to play. Let's go to the next game. Should be an interesting one. You have the Chiefs coming off back-to-back -back losses, going to Philadelphia to face the Eagles coming off back-to-back -back losses. What's the prop for this one? So I'm I'm going with fancy football's favorite running back to discuss, it seems like these days. It's Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Total rushing and receiving. Sorry, I got ahead of myself there. I have his total scrimmage yards at 73 and a half yards. Here's a tough one. Um, I did like him. I ended up tough. like throwing him in some tournament lineups last week because I felt like after the after everything, Smart. like we were getting too low on him. So now he's my uh, running back 18. Let's see, scrimmage yards. I have him at up 71. So that's yeah, like oh. a yard or two. Well, you said what did you have him at? 73 and a half. Yeah, so we're we're pretty much in line there. You know, got have him about 17 touches or so. Uh, he's my RB18. So, yeah, he's, he's kind of they, – they stayed with him. He's been having some struggles, but they've stayed with him, and that's a good sign. He's obviously the most talented back in that backfield. 
uh, have another high total game. Although Philadelphia, those those games tend to go under. I don't know what the exact number is, but I know Lincoln Financial, uh, the unders over the last five years or so mm. have just hit it. Some it's 54 and a half right now. Okay, so a Philadelphia uh, total that opens at 44 or higher since 2015 at Lincoln Financial, the under is 30 and 12, 71%. So, and some of that is, you know, Carson went, but this is, this is multiple yeah, Carson, coaching let's staff, face it. but this is, yeah. but that's before Wentz even came. That's multiple coaching staffs, multiple quarterbacks. Cause remember Wentz has been hurt half the time. It's one of those places where just, I don't know, the game seemed to get ugly. So maybe last week was the week to own Edwards. He in, in DFS, maybe in Philly. I mean, they're, they're still a pretty good run defense. I would think, but they did look bad against Zeke. So um, maybe that Brandon Graham injury is hurting them a lot. So yeah, he's, He's there. I think. I think last week uh, was like a better time to play him. Now people are going to kind of be on him a little more. Uh, who, let's see for DFS cheat code. I am going with Jalen Hurts. I'm going with Jalen Hurts in this one. Nice. You know, we saw what can happen to Hurts in a trailing game script, and that's that they leave him in. Even they even trotted Jalen Hurts out and had him dropping back with like 30 seconds left in a, like a 20 point blowout last uh, Monday. So he's going to get all the garbage time if the Chiefs actually do finally win a game by more than one possession. But either way, they're allowing the third most points to opposing quarterbacks. So Jalen Hurts, uh, you know, he's he's getting he's getting experience on the fly. He's going to make some mistakes. Uh, he made me look smart with my prize pick call from yesterday. I picked over <laughs> a half an interception, yeah. and he, he, like his second or third throw of the game, just That's right in the hand a Dallas defender. But, uh, yeah, no, I think it's a good spot for Hurts. Um, you know, Tyreek Hill's routes runner are down a little. You know, he's still really expensive. Kelsey's going to do what he has to do. I think that Philly defense is going to give up plays to the tight end. So, I still like uh, Kelsey over Hill this week. But, uh, again, Edwards Uwehr, I think it was last week for him in terms of DFS. Still a top 20 running back. But, uh, the guy that, yeah, the guy that stands out is still Jalen Hurts. And uh, he's still pretty cheap. He's, like, like over 1,000 cheaper than Mahomes. And uh, if Mahomes goes off, Hertz is going to have to go off. So I love the correlation of just, you know, kind of getting arbitrage on, on Mahomes with some Jalen Hurts this week. So yeah, don't, don't go away from him is, is my point. Uh, top, I think, let's see, he's my, yeah, he's my QB three this week. So love Jalen Hurts. Nice. Yeah. Are you worried about his floor at all? Like in-game benching? Is that, do you think oh, that's no, too no, soon? No, they're not benching this. Like, they, they had him out there with, again, in, in the garbage time of a blowout. They're not benching this guy. Like, and it's, it's not Hopefully really his not. fault. He's playing well. Yeah. Like, it's not his fault, man. Like, that last, yesterday, they gave up 41 points. You know, I mean, he threw a couple of picks. One of them, the receiver fell down. The other one, the other one was, a great, yeah, Trayvon Diggs was playing out of his mind. Yes. Uh, so, uh, I think, you know, they want Hurts to get these reps. And this is the perfect time for it. They're at home. So, yeah, and he's still going to run, you know. He's going to run. Love him. Uh, I'm not worried about a bench, not for him. I think there's – like Justin Fields, if he starts, that would be a lot more, I think, likely that he would get benched. Yeah, that's true. All right, uh, let's go to the next game, which is the Texans and the Bills. Huge spread in this one. Uh, what's our prop? Uh, the prop is Brandon Cooks, total receiving yards over under 72 and a half. Yeah, so I was kind of on the under for him last week. I just thought, you know, Davis Mills, not many yards, but his target shares have been absurd. And he's making plays. I mean, I love how he's just laying out, diving for balls, this and that. But uh, I still – my mean projection is 73. So my median is still about, you know, high 60, 67 and a half or so. 
So I'm still going under. Uh, he's my wide receiver 24, though. So, you know, he's still very much in play. No matter if you have him, you're starting him no matter what. Uh, but my, my projection for Davis Mills just is always going to kind of lower, you know, yeah. everyone around him. I still have Mills as the QB 32. So Mills, I have it only about 200 yards passing, you know. So that's that's the kind of guy that, like, you know, I can yeah. having like the lowest. Against the Bills. Like, yeah. Where yeah, that's why. Yeah, I, so I mean, you- I said, yeah, I have him right around 200. Um, and I, I mentioned last week that Mills, um, if you look at his um, his college stats, according to PFF, he had a 71% first read rate in college, yeah. which is by far the highest of this draft class. So I figured he'd kind of lock in on Cooks. Um, and it could result in a couple interceptions this week. But if, if you're playing Cooks or taking his props, you don't really care about that. So he's going to see the targets. He has a 30, 32% target rate on the season. I think he'll be able to maintain a 26 to 27% share with Mills under center, but um, this is a tough, tough, tough matchup. So um, I would probably lean under here, uh, but I'll, I'll stay away because just, you know, would not surprise me if they just keep forcing the issue with cooks. And he's, I think he's probably one of the most underrated receivers in the league. He's shown that this year. Um, so I, I'm staying away from this. Oh, you're just, you're still, you're still burned over being a week too early on the on the Terry McLaurin under, huh? Because oh, McLaurin only got four, only four I've catches been, against the Bills last week. I've been a week early. Uh, like all of my losing <laughs> bets have looked really good the next week. Oh man, yeah, that hey. that hurts. Yeah, as long as you got the bankroll for it, because that's the, like some yeah. people they're <laughs> yeah, a week early survive. and they just can't bet again. <laughs> that's true. But you stick you can me, you can people. overcome it. You you got it. You know, like yeah, stick with me, people. Even when I have a bad week, it's only like down two units. Like, come on, bankroll management. Yeah, man. Uh, no, yeah, no. I mean, Cook has a high ceiling. Uh, I would not like hesitate to play him in a DFS tournament or start him as my wide receiver too in fantasy in in season long. But the prop, I think, is it's about right. I'll put it that way. It's, it's yeah, it's, it's, it's in it's that good range where I'm standing away. Yeah. DFS code. I'm going to just keep it simple here. Since uh, this should be a blowout, I'm going with Zach Moss. I think this is the perfect time to take him. He could be popular. Um, he could be overlooked. I think people might be interested in Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, Cole Peasley, Neil um, Sanders, Dawson Knox stacks. Like, you can't go wrong with anybody here. But, you know, taking a Zach Moss and Bill's defense stack mm, could be yeah. some nice leverage against the field. Um, he, he overtook Devin Singletary last week. And I would not be surprised if he scores a couple touchdowns here um, and get 15 plus carries in this game. So uh, I think this is the time to play a guy like Moss. Uh, I'm not getting cute here. Although, yeah, I, I probably will have some Josh Allen, uh, you know, Stefan Diggs, Beasley stacks. But I think the way to get some uh, leverage on the field is go all in on Moss here. Yeah, he had, he had more carries than Singletary. Uh, game script sets up to be the same. So, yep. um, you know, I was down on Moss, but once I heard he was scratched because of more of an injury than like straight up, okay, he was benched. It made it made more sense because that mm-hmm. it did it just didn't make sense why you would scratch a guy like that, you know, coming in. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, he's. I think he's just probably going to be what we thought he was going to be before the season. It'll be a frustrating situation some weeks, but this week, I mean, you have such a high spread. I think it's sixteen and a half uh, in favor of Buffalo that there's little chance of having a game script go against Moss in a spot mm. so yeah this is this is one probably one maybe even the best week all season to play has to be yeah yes or uh, if, if singletary misses time yeah in the future time. that would be another time but that might be too obvious 
like this seems kind of under the radar obvious that's why i'm, I'm going all in here yeah i like it uh cardinals rams what's our prop for this one um well our our favorite receiver to discuss um offline right now is deandre hopkins total receiving yards it's up at price picks right now it's 80 and a half i think it's too high i'm projecting him closer to 70 and a half and i think once i really do a deeper dive i might go even lower um uh, but where where are you on this are you are you under 80 and a half oh yeah and i thought i wasn't gonna yeah. be because you know we talked about this and i was like you know i'm not gonna overreact but you know the the my initial projections i'm at 70 as well and uh He's right around my wide receiver 20, which I think might be the lowest he's ever been. Now, yeah. you know, it's a, I don't necessarily think he gets shadowed by Ramsey, but he could, uh, you know, that's always in, you know, the, the kind of range of outcomes here, you know, Ramsey has been playing that star position. So he hasn't necessarily shadowed. He's just been closer to the line of scrimmage, but this is a matchup. Deandre doesn't move around a lot. He's usually going to line up at that same spot on the uh, left side, I believe it is. And uh, so he's shadowable. He's definitely shadowable in this spot. So, uh, yeah, I'm going under. I'm going under for Hopkins. Uh, the disappointing thing was Rondell Moore's routes dropped down to 38% last week. Uh, now, you, you made the good point, you know, off air that in their one close game, he was closer to 60%. So, hopefully that's the case. But remember, Arizona was behind for Jacksonville for into the second half. So, mm -hmm. the fact that he still didn't see a ton of usage last week – does worry me a little bit. Antoine Wesley even got into the action, oh, uh, yeah. you know, coming off the COVID list. So, you know, maybe we have to, you know, pump the brakes a little on more here. AJ Green's been a little better than expected. Uh, I'll give him that. And Christian Kirk's just been amazing. So there's, there are some options here on this Cardinals receiving court, but I'm down on all of them compared to where I would have their baselines a normal week. I know the Rams gave up a ton of production to Brady last week, but Kyler Murray is not Tom Brady. He can run if there's nothing up there. And, you know, it's, it's just a different kind of quarterback. Um, this could be kind of a tough week to, to dissect uh, the Cardinals uh, pass game. My cheat code, I'm going Cooper Cup. I mean, I think he's still too cheap. And, and he went up like uh, $1,000. And we said this last week. It was like, he was like under 7K. We were the few experts that really had him in the top three which is surprising to me i saw that yeah so he was like because you know i usually start with the consensus on fantasy pros like just to get make sure i have rankings up and uh and then i import mine and like oh was, yeah yeah same yeah so he was like the wide receiver 11 when i had imported and i was like so weird how yeah <laughs> like, i don't even yeah. i don't even i would have had to just throw out my model and and build a new model to get him to knock down a wide receiver <laughs> yeah, 11. exactly uh, but then again, maybe I should after the Justin Fields uh, fiasco. No, nah, that's an outlier. He's an outlier. <laughs> that's what we tell ourselves, huh? Um, <laughs> yeah, no, but uh, no, Cooper Cup seriously is very good at football. He has a coach that is very good at football and a quarterback that is very good at football. Uh, these things add up to my wide receiver two this week behind only Devontae Adams. And Cups routes run in the first three weeks, 100, 192%. So that is, he's getting the usage. He's, he's turned himself into a number one receiver that he can straight up beat coverage. But he was always the guy in Sean McVay's offense that was getting schemed open the most. Like yeah. McVay was actively scheming him open. So there's just like all of these things that create a huge, uh, super high floor for him, uh, you know, just in this offense. And you're going up against a Cardinals team that struggling at corner. Uh, they don't have a ton of guys in that secondary could be a very high scoring game. 
could be a very high. Yeah, I, at, at this point, Cooper Cup is a permanent cheat code. He's just so good. If Devontae Adams, if, you know, it looked like he may have suffered a concussion. If he was out this week, he'd be my wide receiver one in a heartbeat. Um, I remember heading into the season, I was just saying both Rams receivers are being um, overlooked because this offense is going to be taken to a new level with Matthew Stafford. I did not envision this. Um, so I ended up with, you know, Cup in about half my drafts and Robert Woods in about half my drafts. So half those teams are looking really good. Where the other half with Robert Woods, like, what are we doing? Like, I feel like we're going to be going up and down on him all year long. But what what do you take away from last week? Um, is that just who he is now? Just kind of like a high ceiling, low floor guy, which is kind of weird to say with Robert Woods. Uh, I told him he was my wide receiver 29 this week. He ran around an 85% of the dropbacks, 97% the week before. I think it's the same old Robert Woods. Remember we had this happen. Wait, wide receiver 29? That's that's super low, no? Low? No. Yeah, I have him wide receiver 20 right now. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, he's behind Brandon Cooks for me. Uh, he's behind, I'm trying to see. My, I have Mike Williams wide receiver 18, maybe. So, you know, there's. there's oh, I have Mike Williams, like my wide receiver 12. Oh, okay. So, yeah, no, but I'm, I'm trying to look <laughs> for the guys. I'm looking for the guys that aren't usually like in there in, in the top uh, 20. But no, nah, I mean, again, he's not, a, he's not always been a huge touchdown guy. Uh, and yeah. Cup has, Cup has been. That's true. So I have Woods, you know, Four, four and a half catches, about 50, a little over 50 yards and uh, about 0.35 touchdowns. So, yeah, he's uh, my wide receiver 29, but uh, Cup. I mean, Devontae Adams is playing the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, we, I have to kind of look into it more. I mean, I know Pittsburgh hasn't been as good and Jamar Chase kind of lit him up. So I'll probably as my wide receiver one. But just based on the game script, th- this total is about a touchdown higher. You could make a case, Cup, for the wide receiver one this week. Yeah. So, yeah. And like you mentioned yesterday, Tyreek Hill – unfortunately isn't a part of the conversation i think tyreek still has probably the highest ceiling but just when it comes to just medium projections i think cup and adams it's kind of like a tie for wide receiver one right now yeah hills yeah hills down to wide receiver three for me and he'll be unhappy to know that demarcus robinson passed up nicole hardman in routes run last week oh my god yeah just just throw that out there now they signed josh gordon uh it's the Nicole thing just never gonna happen is it it'll happen when we least expect it so exactly that was like Devontae Parker right (laughs) constantly thought he was gonna break out then I gave up and then he has a career that's gonna be Nicole I mean I mean hey at this point we don't what do we know about because like wasn't Adam Gase responsible for breaking Parker out or when when he left Adam Gase or was it I forget what happened? No, it was when he left Adam Gase. But now the Jets wish they had Adam Gase. They were averaging like twice as many points. <laughs> <laughs> wow, he went there. Yeah. Oh, I'm going there. It's week four. We got data now. We can we can make we can make That's these hot true. Three, three weeks of data is something. I mean, yeah. it's not enough, but it it's better than nothing. <laughs> Seahawks Niners. So I just I said this yesterday, but I just want to get this on record again. My theory on Kyle Shanahan. He hates his team. Like Kyle Shanahan, he, he wants to be Belichick. Because remember, they, they're like really close. They talk. They, they have like this man crush on the same quarterback. Like Shanahan hates his team. They get in the red zone. He takes Garoppolo out. Uh, you know, they, you know, Brandon Ayuk benched. Get, get all these other scrubs in behind him. And then Trey Sermon. Oh, we're going to play him at running back. But we're going we're gonna to find everywhere we can not to give him even like 50% of the carries to the point where we're giving our full, fullback uh, 
70 percent stat rate and five carries and like more <laughs> more routes so like yeah. <laughs> Kyle Shanahan hates his team and that's why I'm interested in the player prop you're going to throw out yeah so let's talk about one of those guys uh Brian Ayuk um total receiving yards this week uh very tricky to project and yeah, he might hate him, and he he kind of benched him week one, but he's been seeing routes and just not seeing targets. So we have to be fair here and say some of the blame has to be on Ayuk. Um, so I I'm projecting him for 41 and a half. I think he has a you know a high ceiling going forward, but right now I just can't trust him enough to project him over like 45. So I'm at 41 and a half right now. Where do you have him? Yeah, that's exactly where I'm at. Like okay. right exactly there. Um that's he's my wide receiver he's up to 35 for me though so he's he's in there he's getting in there 80 about 80 percent route to run this week uh Debo has looked so good uh, Debo you know who Debo reminds me of Odell Beckham Ter- like Debo, oh. Oh, Debo has that like where he's just making contested catches that he shouldn't make for like being like not like the biggest guy and you know he's not just a yak guy so I think Debo he's still he's still the guy here but I you can this matchup you're gonna get you're gonna get a, maybe half of your routes or so on Trey Flowers. Trey Flowers is gonna play like ten yards off. So, I yeah, I fire Ayuk up this week. Like I'm starting Ayuk oh, over Robinson. Yeah, you have him. You have him in that low end wide receiver yeah. three range. Um, I think it's time you can kind of you can trust him if you don't have better options. He hasn't impressed me enough to to really trust. So he's my wide receiver forty four right now, I believe. So. I'm still of the mindset, like, you rather have him go off on your bench um, than kind of have one of these, like, first two games. So I, I'm not quite sold. But I wouldn't be surprised if he goes off here. I'm just being a little bit pessimistic on him because, like you said, Kyle Shanahan yeah. hates his players. That's so fair. you just can't trust anybody right now. That's why I think yeah. I'm probably factoring in his his low floor a bit too much here. Uh, but he's, he's definitely getting close. Like, you drafted him as a wide receiver, too. He's obviously not going to – produce that right now but he, he's getting close to being startable again we knew this would happen at least i know you like to watch you know the all 22 film just go watch seattle cornerbacks and, and you'll bump <laughs> them up like there's just no resistance there's yeah just zero resistance in that seattle secondary uh so you know and, and again i expect seattle to play well in this game so i think it will be a trailing game script for, for san francisco actually i know they're favorite but Russell Wilson doesn't often lose three games in a row. Pete Carroll, for that matter. So uh, I think I think yeah. Seattle will be in this one. DFS cheat code, who you got? That brings me to my cheat code. It's Russell Wilson here uh, coming off two losses. I think this is a matchup where, you know, the market will probably overlook them. They have a pretty average team total right now, 24 and a half. This isn't an easy matchup necessarily. But, you know, the 49ers cornerback room has been dealing with injuries and shuffling things around so this is a potential blow up every, every matchup is a potential blow up spot for russell wilson so i like targeting when the market's overlooking him this this could be a game where you stack wilson lockett and dk metcalf like like you said like this this could be a game seattle wins easily um and i think it's gonna be a I higher that. i didn't say easily i well, I, didn't, I didn't say I, that now, saying, seattle doesn't win games easily that's why that you take true. them as underdogs they don't win any game easily. i, I meant i could easily see them winning this <laughs> okay, game i probably okay. shuffled like, up don't, don't throw that like that was that was not yeah yeah sorry don't put me behind seattle winning it. easily <laughs> yeah no i meant they could easily win this game it's week three my mind's already uh, week it's week four see <laughs> things are just flying by right now uh but either way i i'm seeing it russell wilson breakout game here 
probably not going to be rostered on enough teams uh, for me to pass up. So yeah, getting some leverage here on Wilson is it's the right time to do it. Yeah. So there's only uh, two quarterbacks that have had 30, uh, 35 qualifiers that, that meet the drop back requirement for PFF. Mm-hmm. There's only three that have not made a turnover worthy play yet. And Russell Wilson is one of those three. So, you know, it hasn't been That's... like amazing for him at all times. A lot of the touchdowns have been long touchdowns. He has to, he has, he hasn't, I don't think he's playing that well. Like if he doesn't get a long touchdown, I think he's like going deep almost too much, which we love, but I think he needs to take that. like, <laughs> yeah, well we do, but like he needs yeah. to, cause like they're, they're not getting drives going some points. That's why I think, you know, watching a couple of weeks of film, uh, desperate times for San Francisco, San Francisco always, I mean, for Seattle, San Francisco always kind of underperforms when like we expect them to win. I think this is just a good spot yeah. for Russell. I totally agree. Uh, yeah. And you know, Chris Carson has three rushing touchdowns the past two games. That's been great for me. I haven't been pretty much every league like usual, but you know, he's not going to score three touchdowns every two weeks. So I think Russell Wilson's due for some positive touchdown regression, take away uh, rushing touchdown or two from Chris Carson. So I, I agree. I just think just especially coming off two losses, Russell Wilson's going to come out firing here and uh, don't overlook him. Yeah. He's, and he's going to, I think you mentioned earlier, he's going to pick apart that cornerback group of Sam. Yeah. And they played man coverage more than you would think. I mean, maybe they dial it back because Russ, you don't want him running yeah. on you, but they play man coverage more than you would think uh, for a team with their cornerback situation. So yeah, good matchup for Russ. Let's go to Ravens Broncos. Uh, still kind of surprised to see the Broncos favored in this game. Even I know the Ravens have struggled a little Broncos have played really well. Broncos will play the three worst teams, in, maybe the three worst teams in football, or at least three of the worst five in the Giants, Jets, and, and Jaguars. So uh could be kind of a, a different Broncos look than we've seen. So what's our prop here? Uh So who's going to have more rushing yards in this game? <laughs> oh. Tyson Williams or Latavius Murray? Because I'm projecting them basically tied at 39. Uh So who are you going with? I have Williams getting three more yards than Murray. So I'm going – I have Williams right around – uh about 38 and Murray around 35. And that's because are either are either ranked inside your top 35. No, Williams 37, Murray yeah. 44. So it's this Broncos defense is good. Lamar Jackson may have to do it himself. And uh, it is turning into kind of this dreaded committee. you know, you kind of worried about this when they signed all those veterans, like yeah. would, would Williams's workload hold up and his carry share uh, of non-quarterback runs went from 52% in week two to 33%. Murray went from 36 to 47%. And Devontae Freeman even got uh, 20%. Now, all, most of them were early. They tried, they weirdly, like Freeman I may have like started the game. I got to go back and watch it, but I know he had three <laughs> carries in the first quarter, I think it was. Uh, that it, it didn't really go well, so maybe that. <laughs> but yeah, uh, it's, yeah, I think yeah. it's a two-way committee. Um, Freeman may um, step up at some point, but it, it, like you said, I think the the tide has shifted. Where I think Murray's sort of the, the lead back, and then Tyson's sort of the pass catching back, which is not the role we want in this offense. And it's really bizarre. Latavius Murray's been running routes. He's averaged like a twenty-five percent routes run share, but uh, he hasn't seen a target yet. So <laughs> just goes to show Lamar is going to pull it down and run as opposed to dump it off to his running back. So I think right now, I think Latavius Murray is trending to be the running back 
to have here. But um, yeah, it's it's too tricky to trust anybody this week. Hopefully we learn more um, after this game. But I agree. This is a tough matchup. I'm fading both backs this week. I would love to see like next-gen stats, like the traject- the, the speed of a football from Lamar. Let's say he's going like dumping it off to, to the running back. Is Lamar faster than having the ball have to go in the air, the running back catch it, turn up field, <laughs> and then run? Like Lamar can probably get to the spot that that running back, because what's the running back? It's like seven yards per catch on average, something like that, around seven. Yeah, seven around seven. Yeah, yeah, like Lamar Jackson can probably get to the spot that the average running back would get to faster himself than throwing it to a running back who's already like closer to the sideline and further down the line of scrimmage like that's how crazy fast Lamar is and probably why he doesn't dump it off much yeah yeah that I mean I'd be interested in seeing that obviously it's probably break even yeah um so that's that's a good line but yeah it just goes to show that being the pass catching back being that receiving role is not valuable in this offense and that seems to be where Williams is headed yeah uh, it's, it's, it's a pretty much, it's a full bone committee. I, I don't even know if they might not even be looking at it like straight up roles. It's just kind of, you know, <laughs> this is a, this is a committee. Just random. Yeah. Yeah. Just whoever, just whoever wants to check in, whoever just check in, let's get it. Let's it's our running back is Lamar. Uh, my GFS cheat code in this one is going to be Mark, uh, Andrews. Like I think Marquise Brown, you know, they're going to try to get him going, but Denver, you know, they play that like, another team that plays that like Staley Fangio defense. Marquise Brown did, you know, come open a lot last week. So you're still, when you watch the film, even though he wasn't super productive, I think you still worry about him uh, too. And he's a little more dangerous, you know, Andrew's obviously dangerous too, but mm-hmm. uh, I think Andrew's will be, uh, I think Andrew's will be the more productive guy again uh, for Baltimore this week. So going Andrew's as the cheat code Broncos. I just, you know, it's just tough to know what to yeah. expect. I think Sutton Sutton's in a good spot, but Baltimore, you know, they can, they are getting healthier in the secondary and then their run defense should be better this week. So with it, with COVID situation. So yeah, going Mark Andrews here. Love it. Yeah. Here's my Chico last week. And I said, he's due to blow up. Um, he had five catches for 109 yards, but still no touchdowns on the season. And if there's a tight end outside of Gronk, that probably has the best odds of a two touchdown game. Um, it might be Andrews, right? So, yep. uh, I mean, we haven't even seen his true ceiling yet. So, again, like, he, he's yet to have that true Mark Andrews breakout game quite yet. So, uh, yeah, I'm with you here as well. Steelers Packers. Steelers bounce back spot, perhaps. Uh, what's our prop? So we, so, we have to go with Najee Harris. Total <laughs> receptions here. And I feel bad because I'm not going to give you the extra half here. I'm going with five exactly. Um, cause that's my projection. Um, but I don't know, you might be like way over that way. I hope you're not way under that, but where do you have him? How are you projecting him after that? You gave massive the extra 14 half, catch I, have, I have him at 5.9. Okay. I'll give you the extra half then five and a half. <laughs> I mean, listen, I don't, and I don't, you know, again, I don't really mess around with projections. Like, like, like I just, it's, I just like project the routes for running backs. And, you know, his targets per route run is just whatever it was this year with some regression factored in. Yep. And, yeah, I have him, I have him doing pretty well in, the, in this category. And, listen, the Steelers, you also – maybe it goes down a little bit if I give, you know, Juju, Deontay a full route tree. I have him – I have Juju 70%, yeah. Deontay 60% right now because they're going to practice, we, but we still don't know. So I'm treating them both as, like, you know, questionable. Uh, you know, if they go up, I think Najee goes down a little, but – 
I mean, this is a guy who's run 85, around on 86, 83, and 89% of the dropbacks in the three games. He was out there in garbage time. And Big Ben still hasn't really been able to get the ball down the field. So, and this is Aaron Rodgers you're going against on the other side. So it's not going to be, it's likely not going to be a positive game script. I think Pittsburgh may hang close and surprise some people. Mm -hmm. In this one, Mike Tomlin's great in these spots, you know, underdog, everyone's doubting him, counting him out, going on a road. Like this is a, this is where Pittsburgh flourishes, but if they're going to flourish, it's going to be on the back of Najee Harris. So, yeah. And uh, to be fair, I'm probably projecting um, Juju and Deontay for more routes than Mm -hmm. you. That's probably why I'm a bit lower right now. So we're probably in agreement here. And like I said last week, the the offensive line is so brutal that they're going to have to start dumping it off. To Harris to kind of be the extension of the running game, but I never expected 14 receptions. So this really caught my attention. And yeah, it would not surprise me if he becomes like a five and a half to six uh, receptions projection going forward. I mean, just massive, massive ceiling with Harris going forward. I mean, imagine if they actually start being able to run the ball too. Um, he's, he's already a top five back, I think, in my projections, but just, you know, the only thing holding him back right now is sort of Big Ben and the offensive line. Yeah, he's RB4 for me, and uh, I, I, he's like Christian he, – no, not Christian. He's like Alvin Kamara without efficiency. It's like, you <laughs> know, you it. get like those 10, That's 12, exactly 13 carries. Is. You get a bunch of catches, uh, just no rushing efficiency, though, to yep. speak of. That's exactly who he is. That's a perfect description. <laughs> uh, looks good out there, though, I must say. He looks, he looks good. Yeah. He's doing all he can. He's doing what he can. Yes. Uh, what, who's your cheat code? Uh, so I'm going to go off the grid here and go with uh, Pat Fryermuth. Um, again, we don't know if Deontay or Juju are going to play, um, but I think Fryermuth's going to blow up at some point. Um, and, you know, it was disappointing to see his routes run dip down to 35% yeah. last week off of 55, but he was still productive. I think he had like three catches for 22 yards and a touchdown. Eric Ebron did nothing with his 60% routes run share. Um, so this is a game where they, they kind of make Fryermuth the number two or number three target. Um, so I like investing on him. And, you know, tight end has been kind of a disaster lately. It, you cracked me up yesterday when you said Dawson Knox was the tight end three. And all he had was like three catches for 40 yards and a touchdown. Like it doesn't take much to really go off at tight end. So I just think he's a sneaky tournament play here. Um, again, we'll have to see the injury report later in the week. But I, I love getting rookies before they break out. And he's, he's due to pass up Ebron here any week now. You know who was the tight end? Okay, in 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 standard, Zach Ertz was the tight end three. In, in happy, like Zach Ertz is making an appearance back. Like Zach Ertz is back. Like that's how crazy tight end has been. Uh, <laughs> it's been know, crazy. Like, and Lee Smith is out producing Kyle Pitts. Like just a disaster. Guess who was the tight end one in half PPR? Well, obviously you're gonna bring this up. <laughs> obviously it was Dalton Schultz. I'm hey, aware I bet of that. the well other is prop too. I did it too. I did it too. So I, <laughs> I'm not. It's not. I'm not making fun of you. I'm just. It's. And just, that was the two funny. touchdowns. I mean, he barely went over. I mean, he doubled the projection. But I mean, let's face it. He was tied in one because of the two touchdowns. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, six catches, eighty yards. I mean, it's it's nuts. Yeah. Things Big are crazy game. at tight end. Uh, let's go to the. <laughs> got two games left. Uh. Bucks Patriots, what's our prop? It's okay. So this is my favorite prop of the week. Tom Brady, total passing yards over under 324 and a half. And I'll let you go first. Under. Uh, I have him like 295. I don't think they're gonna have to throw as much. 
New England. Oh, I don't care. This is so I'm in alignment <laughs> here. I have it like 325, but I might be around like 355 what? by the end of the week. And hear me out. Okay, so this is this is one of those times where I remember Kobe Bryant's last game in DFS. Ooh, I had 100 percent shares. I hammered the over on all of his props, and I, I took home a couple GPPs. I was all in on that. Week 17, um, Justin Jefferson. Remember, I was telling you, Freeman. I would set his prop like 115 and a half. Like he's going for the record. This is one of those times. I think we have to go beyond our projections a bit. Tom Brady absolutely wants to go like I don't know over 400 yards. Like he's going over this. This is one of those times. Um, and he's also 68 yards away from passing up Drew Brees for the most passing yards all time. So he's, he's at new England. He's going to set the record for passing yards. Like we, we can't set this line high enough in my opinion. So that's my case for going with the over here. That's interesting. And I we didn't... were talking, we were talking before we got on, like when to kind of go away from our models and projections a bit and, you know, go with the psychology or intuition. This is that prop. Damn it. Okay. I, I didn't even think about it. I, I just thought Brady was going to want like the win. Like he already won the Super Bowl. I got, oh, what does he really have to prove? I think well, obviously he wants to win here, but it's, we're talking about Tom Brady here. Okay. Well, uh, you, do you think he's going to be content handing it off to Ronald Jones in the fourth quarter? When it, Ronald you know? Jones doesn't play first of all. Right. So. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Leo probably Fortnite. not. Either way, I, Tom Brady is an exceptional athlete. He's the greatest of all time. He's going to want to make a statement here. I don't think, 280 yards and a couple touchdowns and a win is going to be enough for him. I think, you know, 400 yards and five touchdowns, like he's going to go all out here. Okay. Absolutely. I mean, I was going to go with, so we don't know what's going on with Antonio Brown right now. So right. Tyra Johnson was going to be my DFS cheat code. uh, Cause he would be the third receiver. But uh, if Brady is going to do what you think he's going to do, then I'm going to have to go Gronk. Because who's he going to yeah. throw? You know what I mean? Like, who's he going to throw those touchdowns? That. Yeah, no, that's And Gronk is a Gronk genius. revenge game, too. Like, how are you uh, going to pump Brady and not even mention Gronk once? Like, this is the I, Gronk I, revenge game. What? <laughs> I'm just obsessed with Brady. I still think he has a chance to break uh, Peyton Manning's record for passing touchdowns in a season. Uh, but I, how did I even overlook that? Yes, Brady to Gronk for, like, at least two touchdowns is, like, yeah, the perfect this is the way. Gronk revenge game. Yeah. To go, yes. Uh, okay. absolutely I can get behind that 100 percent So okay. Brady, Brady Gronk stacks all day, baby. Love it. Uh okay, last game. Raiders Chargers. What's our prop? Ooh, this is a, oh, we have to go with Derek Carr passing yards here. Um that he is such a tough projection, not gonna lie, but prize picks. They've been kind enough to have a line on him right now, and it's 294 and a half. And honestly, it's it's hard to argue with this. I think that's a pretty good line. I'm yeah. I'm still projecting. I'm being a little bit conservative with like 285 right now, but I'm just not going to touch this because he's he's hard to get a handle on. It, it reminds me of Josh Allen last year, where we kind of had to adjust quickly off of our priors heading into the season. Um, Derek Carr's kind of that guy for me right now. But wh- where are you on this? Where do you have him projected? Are you going I'm over at 296, this? which feels disgusting. Uh, it, it does feel disgusting, right? But that this is a good line yeah no it's i mean again like you have to you have that's that's why we have these models and we have our regression to the mean it's like you have to be able to adjust for what we've seen and yeah it's only three games but 
you know, it's not like we're projecting him for 350 or whatever he's at. Like, yeah. What is he averaging like 400, 400 pretty right much. around there? Yeah. Yeah. He's got, yeah, he's got 1202 passing yards. This 1203. So yeah, he's 400, 400, 401 yards. We're not projecting him for that, but uh, yeah, he looks, he looks good. Uh, the receivers are playing better. Rugs, Edwards, Renfro's, uh, you know, he's not just third and Renfro anymore. He's every down Renfro now. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's what and I, he's that's not what just I... throwing to Waller every chance he can get it either. He's spreading it around. Yep. So just, he has guys at every level. I, we've been kind of bagging on rugs here or there. Um, and he's looked really good the past couple of games. So that's, that's helped car out. They can't really run the ball right now. Um, I, I know Peyton Barber had a good game, but I think that's kind of going into it um, is the offensive line with, incognito out like they've just opted to just go pass heavy and it's working they're three and oh so that's why i think they're just gonna stick with it and yeah i wouldn't be surprised if he goes for over 300 again here i i just can't bring myself to take the over but i think this is probably the perfect line 294 and a half yeah and we know there's gonna be some regression just because they played in two overtime games but this is another close spread yeah true and you could and i believe didn't this game go to like an overtime or it was really close on primetime last year raiders chargers so uh yeah it's kind of right in line with with it happening again what's the chico who's your chico for this game uh chico just uh, out of all the players in this game so my point is you can go with you know Carr, any of the receivers waller or herbert eckler michael ams keen allen obviously all those players are obvious but when it comes to like a showdown slate single game slate jared cook baby i think you know he's been under the radar with his three catch for 30 yards and no touchdowns but I could easily see the Raiders overcommitting to my boy, Mike Williams, who I have in like a ton of leagues and he's wide receiver 12. I'm super high on him again this week, but you know, like Jared cook could just sneak in a five catch 60 yard touchdown game here. Um, and I think the market will be overlooking him. So that's why he's my cheat code. Just he's, he's just maximum leverage against all these other awesome guys that I certainly will be playing here. Just Jared go. Cook is the the cheat code in this matchup, I think. Yeah, he's my tight end uh, ten, which actually scares me because <laughs> well, it's this, just the tight ends are so bad. That yeah, it doesn't take much to be there. I'm right there with you though. But it is, but it is that single high Gus Bradley, which is not good. Like that's the matchup. That's kind of the, like where you know what I mean. Where Tyra Higby went like not off when he went like one catch. So like it, there's a low floor. There's a low floor. So yeah, oh, he's yeah. perfect for like a showdown suite. Like he's got yeah. upside. He's had a touchdown overturned, I believe uh so he's kind of had more he's got a few points like charges commit so many penalties on off on offense it's it's actually absurd uh, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that's uh that is gonna do it uh for this week's week four matchup pod on the fantasy flex presented by prize picks you can find sean on twitter at the underscore odds maker you can find me on twitter at chris raybon you can find us by those same handles in the action network app until next time let's get this money